Friends, hello. Welcome to the After Hours Lounge. Welcome back if you are a regular listener. Uh, my name is Sandy. Uh, I am your host. And I'm really excited about this one. Those of you that follow me on Instagram will see I've had a few care packages over the last couple of weeks. It's really nice. I mean, I don't want to say I'm becoming an influencer, but <laughs> maybe I am. Um, but yeah, I was really, really pleased. Uh, actually, this is was a bit of a long time coming and it was completely my own fault that this hasn't happened already. Um, but I've just been really busy. But uh, I'm honoured to be joined by the founder uh, of uh, clothing company Golden Boy Clothing, uh, which is taking the water sports industry specifically by storm, uh, founded uh, in May 2020 uh, and already is reaching incredible heights. And I'm joined by their founder, uh, Mr. Paul O'Brien, a.k.a. P.O.B. Pob. Uh, Paul, thank you very much for, for coming on. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks for having me. It's uh, exciting to be here. Yeah, yeah. The, what, the, the thing I've been looking forward to the most, actually, is during lockdown, I spent a lot of time on Zoom, but always talking to like friends that I had before lockdown and like just catching up. But it's been so long since I've had a chat with someone that I've not actually met in person yet and just to chat about things. So this is very exciting for that reason. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I genuinely think this podcast has really helped like keep me going throughout throughout things because I, I work from home as well so it's it's not like it's not like I'm like oh I miss the office because I've never had one anyway but for for me I have missed that social contact especially the last few months because it's been so long and it was dark and cold and actually like once a week I'd spend an hour and a half on this just just talking to someone interesting and I'd say 75 80 percent of the people I've never met before so yeah. it, I, I completely understand that yeah it it's a really whilst it's a really strange way of like meeting and talking to someone I guess it's something that we've just had to get had to get used to isn't it exactly yeah yeah and I think it's been it's been odd for me as well because it's kind of if anything it's helped me with the podcast because before I mean we're not going to talk too much about COVID I guess but before all that before the pandemic and stuff I was I felt really limited in what I wanted to do with the podcast because I was like I've got to get people to come over to my house and sit with me and all this and then when the when the pandemic started and I went up to Scotland to spend you know, two and a half months with my mum and stuff. I just realized people were doing video calls and I was like, oh, so I did a podcast, I did a podcast with one of my friends and we were like, let's have a go. And it was, it worked really well. And then I was like, right now I can, you know, people like, people like yourself, I can just start sending messages out. And, and exactly. that was it. So I guess it's, it, it's, yeah, there's good and bad bits about it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, uh, well, judging by what we've just spoken about, Paul, we, we have never met before. Um, as I said, you, you were kind enough to send me some, some T-shirts the other week. But other than that, we don't really know each other at all. So um, can you tell me and uh, the listeners a little bit about yourself, um, kind of who you are and, and what you do? Yeah, yeah. So I'm Paul. And about a year ago, I decided to, to launch a clothing company. Um, but going back a lot further than that, I've been doing sailing since I was about 11 years old. Uh, that's why I got my love for water sports. So um, <clears throat> started... A guy in my primary school said he needed a crew for his dinghy to want to come at weekends to, to see if I like it. Um, and then got hooked from there, spent every weekend traveling around the country, going to race meets. Um, it was a cadet dinghy, if that's interesting to anyone, which is like a, a sexy mirror, I always thought. It's um, kind of a racing mirror. Um, and then I just got hooked from there, just spent my childhood going around the country racing um, to the nationals, Europeans. And then uh, spent my, my summer holidays. My parents had put, put me on one of those holiday camp things. Um, went to Croft Farm in Tewkesbury, if you know it, which is a, a tiny little lake um, where they do lots of windsurfing and then water sports. So kind of 
diversified from sailing into to, uh, to windsurfing, canoeing, uh, and sort of picked up some skills there. And then um, my school was really good for outdoor pursuits, and they got me my, my coaching qualifications whilst I was about 15, 16. Um, and it was through that that I actually had a job lined up straight after A-levels. So from the age of 15, I knew that I would be walking straight into an instructor job um, when I left school. Knew, I didn't want to go to university, so sort of just knew I had my sights set on, on becoming an instructor. Uh, so I did that graph on water. Um, and then sort of real life caught up with me after that. I realised that there wasn't much money in instructing uh, and I wanted to do other things. So, uh, yeah, kind of walked away from the water sports when I was in my early 20s uh, and got into uh, office jobs and stuff like that. Um, so Golden Boy, very long way to say, Golden Boy is kind of my my, my key back into, into the water sports world. Yeah. Um, but using all the skills that I've learned in those offices for the last 10 years. Uh, so I've been working in marketing and content um, for quite big corporations, uh, but always hated what, what I've been sort of selling. So I wanted to to get into, to create my own brand in the water sports world and um, sort of get back into my love of the water. So that's that's where I am. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, uh, it's a fairly, fairly similar story to, to myself. You know, you do have this, there's this like romantic lifestyle of like being a beach bum and like just teaching windsurfing and making a living and all this. And I guess I, I, I came out of it in my late 20s or mid late 20s. So maybe a bit, a bit later than you, but um, I don't know if you worked abroad, but I worked abroad. So perhaps it makes it last a bit longer if you're in the sun. Um, yeah. But but still, yeah, you, you know, the reality does kind of hit you eventually of of like oh and, it, and it's such a shame because i don't know it's something that always frustrated me it's something i talk about quite a lot of the whole people oh when are you going to get a proper job and you're like oh well this this is this is a fairly proper job you know yeah, and it's such a good job that teaches you so many skills um like i i spent a year in the police force uh, shortly after leaving water sports and just learning how to in, interact with different people every single day that was such a valuable life skill um that really helped me in the police to sort of just deal with any situation that came up. Whereas if I just sort of been to university and, you know, just started working in a clothing shop or just an office, I wouldn't have learned that. So yeah, I, I really value the time I spent as a director. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I completely agree. It does. It gives you like, it gives you these mental life skills and it's from things that at the time you wouldn't even think about, you know, whether you're just like teaching a lesson or like, for, for us, we used to do like kind of entertainments every Friday night and you kind of stand up and just pre presentations in front of 10 kids after you've taught them a water sport for a week and stuff like you don't even realize it becomes second nature. But as you progress through life and you kind of maybe this sounds bad, but you look at the people you're standing shoulder to shoulder with that haven't had those experiences and you're like, holy shit, I am so much better at all this stuff than you are. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's horrible but i i to, yeah i feel like it's true yeah uh, yeah so any sort of way for me to get back into all sports um that doesn't involve sort of earning 80 quid a week again is, is something that i was keen to do so the <laughs> like i remember about 10 years ago everyone seemed to be starting to sort of print t-shirts i think it was a university thing in in the area that i was all the local students were like yeah i started a clothing brand and they'd create a design and get the local printing studio to sort of screen print 20 t-shirts and then they yeah. all say yeah I got to play the brand and um it, it at that point I was thinking that's the last thing that I'd ever want to do because everyone's doing it and, and nothing's happening with these clothing brands that people are making um but it kind of just happened that through all the marketing and branding skills that I've been learning through my day job 
and me realizing that my wardrobe was full of like Quicksilver um, O'Neill t-shirts, like surf t-shirts, uh, that I had all these ideas in my head of designs that I wanted on a t-shirt, but no one was making them. Right. So I just started looking into the whole sort of feasibility of actually, it was really just to create t-shirts for me uh, and make a few extra. If someone wanted to buy them, fantastic. Um, when I when I first started, I had three t-shirt designs, uh, a few boxes full of t-shirts in the attic, and I just sort of, as lockdown hit, published the website thinking now is as good a time as any. I'm working from home, so if someone orders a t-shirt, I'm I'm here to fulfil it straight away rather than sitting in an office, seeing an order come through, stressing about that order sitting there on the computer until I get home in the evening, and then it's the next working day that I can finally get it out. So I was like, right, lockdown's here. Let's let's give this a go. Publish the website put a few Facebook adverts out and then the orders just started flooding in and I was like, uh, okay, this is going all right. So, so wait, you were, so, so, sorry, you were, so were you still, um, you you were still working your, I guess you were still still working in marketing, but just working from home kind of thing while you were, this. so it was basically like a little kind of side hustle for you at the exactly, time. Yeah, so I spent about six months before actually launching the website, just sort of bored in the evenings or at lunch times at work. Um, thinking how can I get some creativity get flowing and just a bit of a, a distraction for me so spoke to a, an illustrator because the one skill I don't have for this is, is actual drawing <laughs> which is pretty key so right. found an illustrator did a lot of research into it um, knew the sort of visual vibe I had in mind and I found this great guy called Aaron who runs Fry Cactus Studio down in Bournemouth um, and he he created the, the little mascot logo to begin with uh, and then a few t-shirt designs and and for the first whole year of golden boy he's he was the exclusive illustrator for all the designs that i produced and then as a year two hit i sort of branched out to get a bit more variety in there uh, but still working with him on some projects um but yeah it i spent about six months researching the whole process before i actually pressed publish on the website right. so i did have a bit of a running start it wasn't like an overnight success story as soon as lockdown <laughs> i designed a t-shirt and press print um it, it, there was a bit of work going into it but you know I've had over the past 10 years I've had so many of these ideas creative distractions that I just do in my spare time and I just never get to actually put them into the real world because it's it kind of real life got in the way office work got in the way um, the opportunity was never really there and it was just a, a bit of a distraction for me but the the timing just worked perfectly I think if lockdown hadn't happened Golden Boy probably wouldn't have happened I, I wouldn't have ever been brave enough to to put the effort into it so yeah well what you what you just said there your last sentence like you'd never have been brave enough and i think that's that's the biggest hurdle for so many people like so many people have got some amazing ideas in their heads of things they want to do whether it's you know and this isn't me blowing my own trumpet but a podcast or a clothing company or you know anything i want to set up a a charity or, or anything like that so many people have got these incredible ideas and Again, I feel like I'm saying this a lot today. I'm not 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 to be a, a dick or anything like that, you know, to, to you, as you said. But I think a lot of the time people do kind of put this excuse in front of themselves, don't they? Of like, oh, no, I don't have time for that. Oh, no, no, I don't have time for that. Or no, I'm too busy. No, no, I couldn't do that. And I, I often think, you know, unfortunately, it is a it is a bravery thing. It is a confidence thing um, of this self-confidence of like, no, I, I can't sort of, you know, carry carry that out. And what they don't realize and i guess you know you you you'll be able to speak to this from your own experience but whether you've been looked at as that kind of overnight success and they don't realize that actually look in you know it did take me it took me six months 
of like planning and it was sitting in front of me for six months before I hit right now you can all look at it do you know what I mean yeah, so yeah, yeah it's 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 more it's it there's there's a lot of people that I think are in that and that's the biggest the biggest step forward I think you know for me I had the idea I finally settled on the idea but wanting to do something in mental health for a long time and then when I finally settled on right a podcast is good like we said I've done a lot of seasons um I've got um, I'm quite good at talking so I was like and then, and then I started listening to podcasts and I was like, oh, this, this will work. Um, and, and that was the, the biggest thing for me was doing that first episode. And then now, now I don't even think about it. It's like part of my weekly routine, yeah. you know? Um, and it, it, I think getting over that first hurdle is, um, is the toughest thing. Cause people expect, you know, for a clothing company, I think a lot of people go into it when they get a first t-shirt, they do think, oh yeah, I'm going to sell they worry more about being successful than getting getting to that success. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And also the finances of it all as well. I, I remember of when course. I first launched, I, one of the adverts, someone commented, so I've actually been really lucky, and people are probably going to troll me after this, but I had very few negative comments on my, on my content or adverts in this last year. But I remember right at the beginning, someone said, because one of the things that Golden Boy does is they I give a, a pound from every t-shirt or sweatshirt sold to, to the lifeboats. Yeah. Um, just seem like a nice way to give back and support uh, an institution that supports all water sports users. And someone, and I quoted in the advert, one pound from every tea to the lifeboats. And someone commented that saying, um, only a pound when the, the t-shirt costs 24 quid, they probably cost you 60 pence to, to make in China and the rest is your profit. Um, but the, the amount it costs to get one of these brands up and running is ridiculous. Like even for someone to see and click on the, the Facebook advert and come to my website costs several pounds per, per person to actually get on the website and to convert costs even more from the, the marketing spend. The, the t-shirts cost a lot more than you think, especially when they're all organic, organic cotton and that sort of stuff. So yeah, I think a lot of people do see that you can get these five pound t-shirts online made. And you think, oh, if I can make a load of t-shirts at that cost and sell them for 24, 30 quid, then you'd be actually making loads of money. But yeah, the, the financials of it are a lot more difficult than that, unfortunately. Well, yeah, but, and it's also like, it's very easy to be like, oh yeah, you paid X amount for this t-shirt and you sell it for this much. That's that's how you do it. For, for starters, we all have to earn money in this world. Like I, I fucking hate people that do that. Like, what do you want me to do then? Shall I just, I just won't live then. I just won't, I won't do anything. I'll just give all my money to the lifeboats and I'll live on the street, shall I? Yeah, like, yeah. I never understand. Like people have got to make money is... A bit like I hate I hate all the people hating on Jeff Bezos and billionaires, but that's that's for another that's for another discussion. Without without billionaires, you would have nothing. You wouldn't have your iPhones. You wouldn't have the cars you drive. You'd have nothing. Yeah, you know, yeah. It really really frustrates me. Um, but that's that's an entirely other podcast for. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's like the, the, there's a lot more to it than just we'll order these t-shirts and then everyone will buy. You've also got to convince people to buy your t-shirts. You know. That's it. Uh, you know, so that that's one of the things that I was really interested in talking to you about, because like for me, starting a clothing company, you'd be like, what's the point? Everyone, like you said, everyone started a clothing company. And like, let's face it, at the end of the day, people find kind of their two or three big brands that they like and they tend to stick with that. And I'm, I'm guilty of that myself as well. Um, you know, I, I've got two or three brands that I'm very loyal to that I know that I know that I like. So was was that in your head kind of going into it or uh, we, I think maybe you've already answered this, but you, you obviously went in fully, fully committed and you said it, it sort of started to, to surprise you. Um, 
why why a clothing company over perhaps some other ideas you're obviously very intelligent you've come from you know a lot of experience in marketing and, and things like that um was it just yeah it was it was because my wardrobe was full of those surf t-shirts and i thought right. i can make some t-shirts like this and and in my mind they're what i want so if i like them then they must be good and that sort of thing right um and it seemed quite quite a good product that would appeal to a wide audience um yeah, I, I went into golden boy with the sort of the, the brief that i gave to the illustrator was o'neill and quicksilver exist but they are when you look at it they're very surf heavy whereas i've got this background with a wide variety of water sports that i like um i would like to appeal to that wider audience i know that i'm, I'm sitting here with a surfboard behind me so that's very surf heavy but um yeah, I, the, the actual initial idea was actually to create a T-shirt design with a sailor on it, a T-shirt design with a windsurfer on it, and try and create an item that each each sport would like. Right. Windsurf T-shirt didn't sell well. Uh, I've still got a load of that stock in my in my stock room. Oh, no. But uh, yeah, that that approach didn't work well. Um, but I stayed true to the idea of appealing to a wider audience. Sure, I've got T-shirts with surfboards on them, but there's a lot of them that don't, and it, it's kind of encapsulating that vibe but the turning point for me was when I was uh, I sponsor a sailor uh, I chatted to him about it and he was like no sailors like surfboards we, we like surf tees we don't mind that so don't focus too much about on the sport a t-shirt it looks like a surf t-shirt as long as you're acknowledging the fact that other sports exist and you're sort of creating content for them then that's fine um, so I, I currently sponsor a, a sailor a windsurfer just signed a surfer and a wakeboarder and I'm trying to build a portfolio of a wide variety of athletes uh, to sort of to communicate that I did, I'm not just looking at surface. But yeah, um, yeah, the idea for a clothing company was to try and do something that's that's slightly different to what's out there and just create something that I like really. Yeah, yeah. And then when uh, you said you know you, you you created all this stuff, I mean, it's all yeah, it's all something that really interests me is like businesses and what other people do. Maybe it's just because I'm getting older and I think you know when you're younger you don't necessarily give as much of a shit about it. But for me now, it, it, everything just seems to. I think the podcast made me more curious as well. But it just fascinates me, like the turning point for people, the turning point of like, oh my god, this is working, like this is actually happening. Was there one of those kind of catalyst moments for you, or was it a bit of like a? I know you, you obviously come from marketing, you did a lot of Facebook ads and stuff. Like, did you? Did, was it a bit of a drip feed like oh i'm oh i'm selling a t i sold a t-shirt this week i sold a t-shirt this week or was it like bang it's all kind of happening it the turning point for me was like so the first the very first sale through the website was me just to test that it worked yeah so, sale number one it's got my name on it <laughs> sale number two and three i think a couple of mates bought a t-shirt but then it was literally on day two or three of of the website launching some completely random person i've never heard of had bought a t-shirt and i it was so suspicious that it was a spam purchase. Some bot had found my website, yeah, trying to spam me out, scam me out of money, and I didn't trust it at all. And I was like really nervous about posting it and like what was going to happen next. And then obviously no, no complaints came through for everyone. The, the t-shirt went out, and then two or three more randomers would buy a t-shirt over the next few days. Uh, and I was just like, okay, there's actually people buying it, and then within a couple of weeks, I was sort of going to the, the post office with these massive bags, feeling like a massive inconvenience to the guy behind the counter, being like, really sorry about this, apologising that I sold so many t-shirts. But then I was like, hang on a minute, this is actually, there's actual strangers buying my, my stuff and in, in decent quantities. Um, 
maybe this is actually something that's going to work. Um, so yeah, I'm actually still working in marketing, not for Golden Boy. I still have a day job as marketing okay. because what I've done for the past year is taken zero money for myself out of the brand. All the money it's taken, I've gone, right, let's get another t-shirt made, let's get another t-shirt made, yep. let's get these metal pints made, let's, let's get more products made, just try and expand it because like in the early days, people were discovering me and thinking this is a, a small company that's just started. They've got three t-shirt designs, so let's, let's give them a go. But very quickly, I was thinking people want to come back and buy more. They need more designs. If you land on the website, it's only got three t-shirts. It doesn't look great. Whereas if you browse through 20 different designs, then you, you kind of feel more confident to make a purchase. So that was my, my massive goal was just to scale it as quickly as possible. Um, and yeah, I'm so pleased with how I got to just so many t-shirts now on the website and it's just crazy looking looking back how I started in, a, in an attic with three boxes of t-shirts and now above the garage is just racking full of t-shirts everywhere my girlfriend keeps going are you actually going to sell these though what's, what's going to happen <laughs> yeah it's a bit of a pinch me moment to, to look at the stock room situation um, but then there's there's always that doubt of is it going to run out now if people are going to stop buying it and am I stuck with all these t-shirts so yeah yeah I guess it's like it's both both exciting and both both parts exciting and stressful at the same time, I suppose, isn't it? How, uh, yeah, maybe maybe it's a bit silly, but like how 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 did it feel? Like, do you right now? Do you feel like it's a success and it's working? I know, regardless of like financials and stuff, more like you know spiritually, man. But like more more kind of yeah, like in, in terms of like within yourself, like are you like, this is, this is a success, this is working or, cause I always find that interesting about people too. Cause everyone has a different definition of success. Don't they to, to some people who start a clothing brand, they sell 10 t-shirts. They make, they make 50 quid that they can put in their pocket like profit. And they go, wait, it's a success. It's working. It pays for my beers this weekend, you know, but for other people, they go, no, it's only a success when I'm on the top floor of a skyscraper in New York or I, I don't know. Yeah. But um, yeah, at what point, where, where are you on that spectrum? Yeah, that's really interesting, actually. Like, in, my, in my mind, this is, I'm working really hard to make this a full-time job. So I don't have to do that day, day job of marketing. I can take money out of it to pay my bills. Yeah. I'm going to be the greedy person that that person thought I was on, like, on that Facebook ad that is like rinsing all the money for myself. But yeah, I want to be able to support myself because I really enjoy doing what I'm doing. Uh, I don't see it as a... As, I don't actually see it as a success yet, I, but I'm doing it financially, as you said, I shouldn't. Um, but the, the successful thing is seeing people coming back again and again, going, yeah, bought a t-shirt from them, I'm going to buy another one. And I've got a decent group of people that do come back again and again. Yeah. I always little notes to them saying, thanks very much. Um, but yeah, the, for me, the, as soon as I can quit my day job and self-support myself with a golden boy, that's when I see it as a, as a success. Um, but then there's also, I, I do need to keep looking back and saying, look, look at where I've come from and look where I am now. That's yeah. the achievements I've done in the year. Um, I have days where like the sales are, are slower than I want to. Like I've just gone from having the two best months of, of Golden Boy's existence in uh, March and April to, to this month being actually quite slow. So I, I'm feeling a bit deflated because of that. Uh, but there's loads of different reasons for that it's been pissing it down all month yeah i was gonna say and i thought that was the initial reason so i kind of been sat there going right when the weather turns things will pick up but then i've also uh this could be really boring marketing chat but it's an insight into what i'm gonna look at 
there's been a new update release for, for iOS devices, so for iPhones and iPads, it's got iOS 14. And as a result of that, people can opt out of being tracked by Facebook. Um, and there's been warnings for months from Facebook about the impact of this on ads. And I've just seen it as like a, a making a mountain, a mountain out of a molehill and sort of ignored it. And I just realized in the past week, the reason that traffic and sales has dropped this month is actually because of that update. And that for small businesses and large businesses alike, that's a huge, huge impact that this update's had. And that's what we've been warned against for ages, that the, the, the adverts I've been running for the past year that have been converting people into sales and been working really well, I've been scaling upwards. Um, it's suddenly just, it's been like someone's flicked a switch and I can't reach that same audience. and I can't get those people onto the, the website that I, I could before. And you can see that in, in a positive and a, and a negative. So the positive is for the people who don't want to be trapped. There's always been people complaining about social media and the way that these massive companies like Facebook and Google know everything about you. But it's it's kind of, I come from a marketer background, so it's a good thing that these companies know that sort of stuff about you because they're, they're feeding you relevant content. They're showing you stuff that they know you like. And for businesses like myself, I'm, get, I'm finding the right audience and getting them to see my product. Um, but then also, if you're one of these people who doesn't want to be seen by it and tracked as much, then the update's fantastic. So, and with mental health, like social social media, I, I totally, I, I would hate my, if, when I have kids, I'd hate my kids to be on social media and all the negative impact it has. But then also, as a business, I know how valuable social media is. And for you and your podcast, social media, without it, you, you wouldn't have the audience, would you? It's how you get people to see you. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't really like to talk about my day job that much, but I, by the sounds of it, I have exactly the same day job as you. Like I'm experiencing the same things with iOS 14 with my clients and things, but that's not what we talk about here. I quite like to be a man of mystery, but, um, <laughs> but, but uh, anyway, but I don't see that as the damaging side of social media necessarily. I don't see a problem with if I go on the Quicksilver website and suddenly I see an advert for a pair of Quicksilver shorts, I don't see that as damaging to my mental health. I see that as I'd rather see an advert for those shorts than see an advert for something I'm completely uninterested in. Um, Yeah, I feel like, yeah, I think that's just like them, you know, covering, what is it, covering their whatever to save their face, the big kind of social media, whatever giants that know that they're damaging all these young people's mental health. So they go, oh, well, we'll stop you tracking companies, tracking you. And it's like, that's not actually the damage. The damaging bit is people being fucking horrible to each other. Like, (laughs) Me seeing me seeing an advert, and sure, it, it may be damaging in a way that oh, I really want that, but I can't afford it. But I'm I don't think that's the really damaging part of social media, and I think it's it's a real shame for brands like yourself and companies where you've built this thing, this grassroots thing out of out of nothing, um, and you've gone right. I'm going to invest my time and also my money that I earn. I'm going to put it all back into it and and really try and push this and build it into something for myself and my future. And then one of the key things that you use, it's a bit like newspapers being like, nope, sorry, can't advertise with us anymore. People don't want to see it. People yeah. don't want to see it. And it's like, well, they, they might, you know? It, yeah, it, it genuinely is a concern, like, these past couple of weeks. So I'm still making sales, but nowhere near on the level I was before. And it, it was just, just yesterday that I realised this is what's happened. And I've now sort of had to look at ways around the system because... I'm grateful that I've had this whole year to prove that what I've got does work and people like it. It's just now I've got to find a way around it to, to get, get back in, in, in people's faces and show them what I'm about. Now that you've got, you know, a, a logical explanation, let's say for like, right, my, you know, when I, when I crunch the numbers, the numbers aren't what they want. Now you've got that logical explanation. What's that done for your, 
your kind of confidence in things. I mean, you, you seem like a very, you know, pragmatic guy and you're like, right, we're going to, we're going to logically figure out, figure this out. But I mean, does, did, does emotion ever get into it or are you like, no, let's just, you know, let's find, find the solution. Oh yeah. I'm always a solution finder. Right? Yeah. I don't really, if I can see that there's a reason for something happening, I'll find how to solve that really. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it, all it's done is, is sort of reduce that time. Uh, yeah. sort of increase the time scale I, I see for me going self-employed fully. Because the, the way the numbers were going March, April, I was like, great, a few months time, hopefully I'll be able to do this full time. But now now this has come along, I'm like, oh, I need to reassess the, the finances really. And and and, and yeah, because I know that I know the product sells. It's just this is a, a massive, a massive barrier now. Um, yeah. And there'll be there'll be businesses all across the country and, and world, whatever, that are in the same situation. Um and I have actually, I've noticed that there are a lot of small businesses on, on Instagram posting a lot more. And I've been doing the same thing, posting a lot more organically going, not, not like begging people to buy, but you can see that they're changing their tactics where they want to rely on adverts. They're now like, right, here's my audience. They're already engaged. Let's start getting more content out in front of them. And hopefully they can, they can convert into some sales. Mm. So yeah, it is, it's a worry, but yeah, I'm sure something will come along that will, that will fix it and, and everything will be fine. And, and being able to go out into the real world again. Um, I've never been able to go into the real world with this brand because when I launched it, it was a time when everyone thought COVID was a two week like inconvenience uh, and back in the office and back at the day jobs within a couple of weeks. And I was like, right, here's a, mapping out all the, the summer events, all the different race meets around the country, all the different sort of festivals and stuff. I, I invested in sort of pop-up stall uh, items so I could have like racks of clothing out and the branded yeah, surfboard yeah. as a shop sign so I'm hopeful that this year that that's going to be achievable then uh, in, in a few weeks time I'm off to the national championships for the wasp racing uh, the wasp dinghy class uh, yeah. I managed to design their the event t-shirt so all the competitors they can they purchase a t-shirt made by us that's got the wasp nationals on it and as, as a part of that I'm going along to have like a little stall so that'll be my first little test but yeah, I think getting out into the real world and actually seeing people face to face will be a, a big improvement. So. Yeah, that, that was that was kind of my, my next question. It's great. You're answering all my questions before no. I ask you, Paul. Well, that's good. But like, are you, are you well, maybe maybe I'll frame it slightly differently. How does it how does it feel for you? Like, have you have you been out in the real world yet and like seen someone wearing one of your T-shirts, even if you kind of know them or, you know, whether it's a team rider or an event or anything like that? I mean, that must. What, what does that feel like? Because for, for me, again, I've got nothing to compare it to other than the podcast. So I hope you don't mind me, me doing that. But I, whenever I get a message from someone being like, I listen to the podcast, it kind of makes me really proud, but also makes me cringe a little bit because I'm like, oh, I can't believe you actually listened to me do this. Do you know what I mean? So maybe it's a bit different for you, but like, you know, do you ever like spot a T-shirt and you're like, oh, there it is. Do you know what I mean? I've not seen one in the wilds on someone I don't know yet. I've had a couple of people send me photos that's like cool. A bit creepily of taking a photo that someone in front of them walking down the street or a sticker on someone's car. Oh, nice. So that that's really cool. Uh, the sticker on the car I find amazing more than the t-shirt actually, which is certainly cost £2.50 to buy. It, it's it's not a huge investment to buy a sticker, but for someone to like actually put one on their car and drive around with my brand on it, that that's mind blowing. And uh, I, yeah, a mate of mine took a picture of a car with a sticker on, sent me the photo and I knew the person who bought it not personally but i knew who had bought that exact sticker because because of, of their car that they mentioned it on instagram so i dropped them a message saying send a photo of your car and they like apologize for how dirty it was and all sort of stuff so it's quite nice to have this it's quite a small community still but i do try and have a personal touch with with each person who buys stuff so 
dropping people a message on Instagram and say, hey, I've just seen that you've got my super on your car, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's all really fun. I really enjoy that. that sort of well, thing. That, yeah, that, I, think, I think that's something as well that's p- potentially, and this is me very much from the outside looking in, but like potentially one, like when you sent me that little box of, of a couple of T-shirts and stuff, and it did have literally a handwritten note in it. And I think it's things like that, especially now that people really appreciate as the world gets more and more impersonal, you know, you buy, you don't even go into a shop to buy clothes anymore. You, you buy it online and you don't even see anything or a human or, or anything like that. And your time is spent Googling discount codes and all, and all this stuff, you know, you, it, it's become a very impersonal experience. So getting something like a note and, and things like that, I think pe- people seem to really appreciate. It. And I think that's definitely something that has come out of the last year. Yeah, and that's something actually, so the thing, because I work in marketing and I want everything to look really polished and, and great. The, the biggest sort of dilemma I've had with Golden Boy is how do I show people that I'm a one man band? It's just me in my attic and I'm very, very small. Yeah. But I want to be really high quality. How do I communicate on this nice polished website that I'm not some massive corporate that's earning millions of pounds through sales. There's not a huge team behind it without it looking like a really rubbish website. It's <laughs> I put in the handwritten notes and then trying to open like a conversation with customers and have that personal touch. That's the way I've, I've done it. But I do think there are people out there who will go, oh, I'm not going to buy from them. They're probably making loads of money out of this. They don't need the support. It's, it's the people that actually recognize that it's a very small business and and sort of get involved that I really appreciate. Yeah, well, I think there's there's a certain support. I think especially especially within a a community, if you know what I mean, whether it's water sports or hockey or martial arts or anything like that. Within a community, people love to see someone trying to bring a, a new business into that community, if you know what I mean. So it, immediately, I guess you you've got that that kind of level of support. But like I said, there there is this kind of funny rhetoric at the moment of people they're happy to spend a lot of money on like nice stuff, but they're very much like eat the rich. Do you know what I mean? And they're yeah, like, yeah. no, I, you know, which in a way is, is great. You know, they rather than buy something from, from Amazon or, or spend 40 pounds on a t-shirt from Quicksilver. They're like, well, I'll spend a similar amount on, on this t-shirt from this guy that's just started this, this little company up. You know, it's yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's a good thing personally. Yeah, it is, yeah. And I, I do get the risk involved with, like, if I was purchasing from a, a website with not very many items on it and it, it looked quite a small company, I would have a hesitation about purchasing that because you don't know if it breaks, what, what you're gonna, what's going to happen, you're going to get a refund, get replaced, if it's rubbish quality, all that sort of stuff. So people actually taking the risk to purchase from me is, is something that I've been really surprised by and really pleased by. And that things do go wrong, things, you know, get damaged in the post or... I haven't spotted there's something wrong with a t-shirt as soon as someone emails me i sort that out straight away and they're always really surprised like i think people are so used to messaging a customer services uh, address and they just start with the abuse they're like this is broken blah, blah, blah. so like they just they're expecting not to get much help but then when they get a really helpful response back within 10 minutes they're like oh okay uh, yeah. yeah thank you much for help that's really great thank you i'll come back for more um so yeah it, it's nice to be able to do that but it, it's it shows how bad the industry is that people are just instantly expecting to be let down by a company if something goes wrong well i think it, it becomes a trust issue doesn't it regardless yeah. of you know i think yeah 
that definitely helps people when when they're trying to buy something doesn't it you know regardless of they, if they're like oh the, the product's amazing but if there's another one that's perhaps not quite as nice but it makes me feel really good when i buy it because i know that they're they're nice people and and things like that and it's anything not just clothing you know things like one coffee shop compared to another one you know you're like well the coffee the coffee's an extra pound more but they're really nice in there whereas in starbucks they're not very nice or in the other yeah. independent one you know things like that i think we we're a we're we're a much more tribal people than we think we are and when we uh, are much more loyal than we think we are you know like when you find a pub or you find anything that you're like oh, i like this one so i'm yeah. gonna stick i'm gonna stick to it like i said i've got two or three clothing brands and i'm quite a large human as well so for me it's quite difficult to find clothes that actually fit me nicely um i've got yeah i'm, I'm like six four but i've got really short legs and a really long body so a lot of t-shirts <laughs> are like crop tops so i'm not i'm not saying i'm like look really weird but yeah <laughs> for, for my height my legs are quite short so um yeah yeah so i always struggle so maybe that does it as well but everyone's got that little thing about them don't they that once and then once they find something they're like oh yeah I'm, I'm, i really like this i'm really happy with it and i guess for you working in in marketing and then now having a clothing company that's something that you've really had to try and try and tap into isn't it yeah definitely the, the whole customer support and customer trust and sort of building building that trust is is something that I guess when you're working in a company in marketing, you're actually quite siloed and you are focusing on get someone to click on this, get someone to buy that. And there's another team that does customer services. There's another team that does the fulfillment. There's another yeah. team that does whatever. It, what I found really useful is having, having to do everything. I know what's happened at every step of the process. I know when someone's made an order, uh, if they've dropped a little message with it, a little note included with it. Um, I know when their order's gone out, how, what, what condition it was when it went out. Um, I know the whole system. Whereas if you're if you're working in customer services and someone come, come, comes and complains, you don't really know what else has happened to that order. So you kind of have to take, you know, just make your judgment or you have to then email someone. It takes a lot longer to get things done. So being that one-man band is, is really useful to get that full process and, and just be able to interact with the customers a lot, a lot more easily, really. Yeah. Yeah, it just it's just more more strings to your bow, isn't it? More more kind of skills to have. And I guess, well, I don't know, it, it may be interesting as well. Like a lot of people that tend to do things like what you've done, you know, start this company and, and make it do well, they they tend to be they tend to find it quite difficult to then let their baby go, you know, say they need to bring someone else on to to help out. I mean, are you are you a bit do you find yourself being a bit like that? Are you kind of quite protective and you know about about that kind of thing? Yeah, I've actually got a, a mate called Asti who who's come on board again unpaid. Yeah, he he was made redundant at the end of last year, so he had a, a bit of spare time, and he really liked what was going on with Golden Boy. So he he exists. He has an email address basically. He's got his own email address for Golden Boy. That's as far as it's gone in terms of official stuff. But he, <laughs> he comes along on shoots with me. He he helps me film things because uh, I like to get video and stills. So he he'll have one camera, I'll have the other one, and we'll we'll get twice as much done at the same time. Um, he did a bit of outreach to brands, so we've got a collaboration with Ocean Bottle, um, some like Golden Boy branded Ocean Bottles and stuff. So he he's helped set up those sort of things. Um, so it's quite nice having him there, but he, he's back in, in work now. He, he's got a new job, so he's not involved as much. Um, but yeah, handing things over to him, I found quite difficult. It's kind of like, I know how I want the tone of voice to be i know how i want to deal with customers how i want to sound when i approach another brand and yeah. then trust him to then send an email to a new brand on behalf of golden boy and try and strike up a conversation and get a collaboration going it was quite a big moment for me 
Um, but he's got the gift of the gab. He's he's got an agency background. He's very much a people pleaser. So I I, I knew I could trust him in that respect. But yeah, if he if he did said something wrong, I'd have been mortified because. I could have done that myself and that, that wouldn't have happened, that sort of thing. So yeah, there's a lot of trust there, which uh, everyone has to go through, I think, when they have to hand something over. But it's, if, if my dream comes reality where this company expands, I can't keep doing it all by myself. So I do need to trust other people. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Like, you know, think, thinking, you know, if I was, I mean, a podcast is so different, it's diff- completely different because it is very much a one-man band kind of operation. You know, it's not like I'd have someone else to come and host it for me, but... It, I, I very much view this as like my my kind of little passion project, I suppose. And it is it is difficult to then be like, right, okay, now I want you to come and help me with it. But what if what if you don't do it the way I like it? Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, it's 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 a really it's a really fine line. Um, but I guess that that applies to just working with other people in general, doesn't it? You know, <laughs> this is the reason I set up Golden Boy because I was I was having to do things for other people and other companies that. I didn't agree with or didn't think was the right approach, but never had the authority to say, let's do it this way. So Golden Boy is what's sort of my middle finger up to them saying, right, this to show <laughs> I can actually do what I want and, and make it a success. And like, so when I, when I started Golden Boy, I was doing a job elsewhere. Then I, I left that and I'm now working elsewhere. But I sort of found applying for a new job to pay the bills, knowing that I can do what I'm doing with Golden Boy but having to prove it to someone on a piece of paper with a CV and not having like a boss ticking it and saying, yeah, I can, I can justify that Paul is able to do so. And so with me being my own boss and this being like a passion project, people don't take it seriously. So trying to get a job saying, look, look, look what I set up. I've done absolutely everything. I've, I've done the website, I've done the marketing, I've done the products, uh, the packaging sort of thought process and all the little inserts that go into it. I send everything out within a few hours and all that sort of thing. People don't really care if, it, if it's your own thing, that they need to have that, that big brand is attached to it and justification to hire you. So, um, yeah, that's made me more determined to, to make it a success and make it my own thing so that I don't have to sort of prove myself to other people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that's that's a big thing that a lot of people working within the traditional kind of nine to five thing, I think that's a big thing that they struggle with as well. Um, I mean, it's definitely a reason why I no longer am part part of that as well. I was like, um, well, the, the, the reason for me was I was fed up with people telling me when and when I could and couldn't go windsurfing or go on holiday. Cause I was like, <laughs> that, that genuinely, genuinely was a reason. I was like, I never, I never want someone to be able to tell me if I can go windsurfing or not ever again. I was like, no, I'm going to, if it's windy, I'm going windsurfing. You know, that, that's it. I, I try, I put the tools down and I go sailing and I'll build my life around that. And I guess that it's, it's kind of a, you know, that that and you know things like can how do i how do i prove this will work and it's so it's so annoying if someone's just got a slightly more uh business jargon industry sounding title than you do that means that they're allowed to say nope that's not going to work when you're like but it but it is you know it's as i've got into this waded into this world i have you know found myself even even for me as working uh you know on the outside perhaps but when I've come into certain places, I'm like, you are doing this all wrong. But unfortunately, yeah, it's, I think that's a source of frustration and a source of like, not, not, I'm not going to use the word depression, but I think it really upsets people. It really puts people down when they, they don't, when they don't feel heard, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and I fully appreciate that if I were to submit what I'm doing now as a business case to a company and they, 
they were like, you're not going to take any money out of it. You're going to reinvest everything uh, and there's no profit to be made. That's absolute madness. So from a business case thing that, yeah, totally agree that this would not work on paper, but the sort of things that the ideas that you have that will got the longevity built into it. So I, at the beginning of this year, uh, after using just brown biodegradable paper bags to post everything out in with a hand stamped logo on the, on the corner of it, I invested in, I got a garage full of thousands of cardboard boxes that are all printed up as golden boy sort of vintage packaging designs. Yeah. And every inch of that box is covered in either the brand name or it's communicating what the brand's about. That was a huge investment to make and kind of you had to have, have the foresight to think I'm going to get through these boxes this year. There's literally two or three thousand of them in, in the garage. Uh, <laughs> huge investment. Uh, if I went to a company that had only sold you know, a thousand t-shirts and said, right, let's get three thousand boxes printed up and it's going to cost this much to do. They'd be like, absolutely not. No, what we've got now is fine. Um, why would we change that? So. Yeah, it's 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 nice to be able to take those risks without having anyone to, to approve it, really. Absolutely. Yeah. And something something else that I, you know, kind of find interesting about this and it's something that I've been talking about quite a lot recently is is like people's motivations and things like that. And like you, you so you have I don't know if you're familiar, but you've got intrinsic motivation, you've got extrinsic motivation. So in, intrinsic motivation is when you do something purely because you love doing it. So like for me, I, if I'm honest, I do this podcast because I love doing it. Um, you know, things like that. Whilst it's like, yeah, I kind of do it for other people to listen to and stuff. Like I definitely like, I don't get paid for this. You know, it's not, it doesn't make me lots of money. I'm not famous yet from it. So like, I'm not, you know, of course like, I'd like it to get to that point, but I, gen- I genuinely do it because I enjoy it. I windsurf as well. Windsurfing for me is intrinsically motivating because I love it. Extrinsically motivating is things like, right, well, I'll do this. It's like your job. I'll do this because it makes me money or I'll do this because it'll impress girls or, you know, like th- things like that, which yeah. I-, I guess for you, Golden Boy is, is probably a-, a, li- a little bit of the two really, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a passion project, but I'm really happy that people, people getting involved and, and seeing people wearing it and that sort of stuff is is a huge boost to me so yeah definitely both yeah but at the same time I, like I think yeah there's a there's a lot of naivety around I find especially for me in the mental health space there's a lot of naivety around it especially think you know things like money and stuff and it's like well ultimately what you're trying to business what you're trying to build is a business you know it's it's lovely that you're selling t-shirts and we're donating money to the lifeboats and we've got these lovely cardboard boxes and nothing's wrapped in plastic and all this stuff but it's like at the end of the day you're like i'm doing all this to try and earn a living yeah. you know yeah definitely and, and talking about this, the plastic thing like in the early days because there's so many brands that do it i was like right the way to sell these t-shirts is to go on about how green they are and and how great this company is about not doing ethically wrong things and that sort of stuff but then I quickly realized that you just got to rely on, like be confident in your products, uh, realize you've got decent t-shirts for sale, have all the other information as little backup is written in the description that is all organic cotton. There's no plastic used at any stage, but yeah, there's a lot of companies out there that get accused of greenwashing because they rely so heavily on the, the non-plastic thing. So the, the first couple of months I was, I was going too heavy on, I, I wouldn't think, I wouldn't say I was greenwashing because everything I was saying was true and it and it's all been part of the the thought process to create the brand. I want to create a brand, but I want to do it right. Mm. Um, but looking back at those adverts, they were just so heavily fo- uh, focusing on on the green aspects of the product. And now I'm just relying on on the the quality of the product more. So 
decent designs the t-shirts look great and just hope people want to click on it and want to buy it what did that, that that's really interesting because i mean i've got i've got a, a friend one of my friends one of my best mates bruce he he runs a sustainable drinking straw company and i did a lot of work with him and he comes on the podcast quite a lot and so i'm very familiar with with that kind of industry as well and things but i, I do agree with you i think a lot of brands have like trying to they've trying they've tried to like patagonia eyes themselves haven't they do you know what i mean yeah it's it's like a fashionable thing to do they can see that the the audience is shifting to to wanting to feel good for purchasing products that that aren't damaging the environment so then all right let's make some money through that and uh, the only other negative comment i've received uh, on an advert apart from the guy who said you must be making loads of money out of it <laughs> was someone saying what a load of greenwash and it, that really affected me because i was like no genuinely this is like I don't use plastic and everything has been thought out to be as, as eco-friendly as possible. And I'm trying really hard and spending about four times as much as I would have done if everything was plastic. Uh, I, uh, the whole, the whole reason behind this brand's approach is to try and be eco-friendly. Mm. So I went back to him and like explained every, all the different things that I'd done. And he just replied with, yeah, it's still greenwash though, isn't it? And I was just like, ah, oh. and that, that really affected me. And that, that was actually a turning point where I was like, right, let's rely on the quality of the product rather than, focusing on all these eco things that people might call you out on because I know that I'm doing everything right. People who purchase it and see it arrive on their doorsteps know that everything's been done right. But if you're one of these keyboard warriors just want to give people abuse, then you're never going to experience the product. So, yeah. That's the thing, mate. The thing is with people like that, like you've got to take the Joe Rogan approach of just not reading any comments. Like he's, he's never going to be one of your customers. So there's not, he's like, he's not going to benefit you in any way at all. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. if anything, you you know, it's definitely something difficult. And again, like touch wood, I've I've never had to deal with it so far with the podcast. I think just because of the nature of the podcast and things like that, it's kind of tough for people to shit on talking about mental health, really. But um, or you know, just yeah. But I, I with a, with a clothing company and things like that, you are far more open, aren't you? To like people going, well, no, this is you'll find. I think you'll find this. And I just saw it the other day with O'Neill have just released a new wetsuit claiming to be it to be all sorts of this and all sorts of that and limestone and all this neoprene. And apparently, it's not at all, and it's complete greenwashing. And I think if people could prove that, then it's like right, well, fair play. But like you said, there are so many keyboard warriors out there that are just going right. Let's. This guy's trying to build a company, but nah, let's let's just shit on it. You exactly. know? And there are people who, whatever state of mind they're in, that is that's all they're focused on doing. They will sit and they will scroll through the, the Facebook and just give everyone negativity because that's what makes them feel better. So I'm fully aware that that's 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 a thing, and I'm prepared for that. And I'm I'm surprised I've not had more negativity um, towards the brand. Uh, but yeah, it, 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 he was also. It, I do credit the guy for calling it out, not saying I was greenwashing, but the fact that there are brands out there greenwashing is probably yeah. why he was in that state of mind. I was thinking, right, here's another one who's just relying on this sort of stuff to, to sell things. Let's try and call them out. So fully up for holding people accountable for if they're just doing it for the wrong reasons. Um, so yeah, yeah it, it, it helped shift my advertising strategy. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. No, I, I think... If, if someone's obviously doing it, you know, badly, then they, they need to be called out and things. But I still just think quite a lot of the time, you know, I think a lot of people should adopt the rule with, with social media of just because you can doesn't mean you should. Um, and unfortunately, most people go, you know, there's never been a platform in human history where people can sit there and look at what everyone else is doing and add their two cents in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a blessing and a curse, isn't it? 
absolutely yeah you know it's 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 really it always really annoys me with with small businesses and i've seen it a lot with with um my the work i do and stuff you know done a bit with um some restaurants and things like that that are trying to open and they're like there's people commenting going oh it's far too expensive and all this stuff and it's like are you think of everything that's happened within the hospitality industry in the last year and that's what you've decided to comment on a, an advert for a restaurant going, we're so we're so glad to finally be open and have you guys back in the restaurant. And you choose to comment, oh, I wouldn't go there. It's too expensive. Yeah. Like, why? What What do you expect? Do you expect the restaurant to suddenly go, oh, you're right. I'll tell you what, we'll give you 50 percent off because because you've said that. Is that what they expect? I just I just don't. And oddly enough, the, my episode that came out a couple of weeks ago, I talked about this with a, a guy called Matt Barr as well, who's. Um, another uh, podcast host and we were talking about you know people on social media and things and I just I just don't understand what they expect the outcome of of it it's a bit like you know people that announce when they're unfollowing an account as well you know yeah. you don't it's not it's not an airport you don't need to announce your departure you know it's <laughs> it, it's it's always something I just I've never understood what what people's end what they feel like the end game is when they feel they need to comment these horror, these negative things on people's businesses, people's livelihoods, you know. But then as a business owner, there's always that the reason it gets you so much is you think other people can then see that comment and they might agree with it and they wouldn't have thought that until they so yeah, it's absolute minefield in terms of owning the the, the page that, that comment's been put onto it. Because you Yeah, you, yeah, exactly. You know they're an idiot and that they're talking complete nonsense but as a brand you can't be like just you can't you can't say that to them otherwise you're there are some brands who do that very well like you see these trip advisor responses that yeah i love that i was about to say i love them yeah yeah (laughs) i'd love to be able to do that uh at some stage but i need some more abuse first actually so maybe i need some more more abusive comments before i can unleash my my wit no, we're not gonna we're not gonna recommend that. As I said, you know, to be honest, with it, just the the nature of of what Golden Boy is and and what you've built, and you know, it comes across as very positive, and you're supporting you know grassroots water sports and and things like that. It's it's a bit like what I say about the podcast. It's kind of tough to criticize, really. You're not it's you're not you're not doing anything controversial. You know, you're not you know, anything like that. There's there's not much people can say you know, if people don't want to buy a t-shirt, they don't need to, you know, and, and often 99% of the people will just not do it, you know, but unfortunately there is that 1% of people yeah. who obviously are having, and you never know that guy might go, well, 10 years ago, I had an idea for a t-shirt company and I never did it. So, you know, that's probably where it comes from. He's pissed off that you've done yeah. something and achieved it. And, and yeah, maybe that's horrible to say, but unfortunately I think it's true. I think a lot of these people that make these comments, it comes from an insecurity within themselves. Hmm. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that could be the reason behind it. And yeah, the, the, the key is just not to take it personally and just to move on and, and focus on the people that do enjoy the brand. And as you say, that I'm really focused on, on the grassroots thing and trying to support people. I don't want to be one of these brands that just on the homepage of their website has got an absolutely ripped guy who's like an elite surfer and, and sort of use that as the brand image. I want, I want to get people of all abilities involved in, and, in, 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 the, in the photos and the videos that I'm putting out just to show that it's it's a brand that sort of caters for anyone who loves water sports rather than painting that artificial image of you have to be like the most beautiful talented athlete in the world to be able to wear it so yeah absolutely i think i think that's that's changed as well which i think has been a really great thing is the whole inclusivity in it well in in the world in general you know you look at like the fashion world and models and and things like that it's it's happened a lot but even within water sports as well um 
not to dive too much into it, but I had a guy on the podcast a while ago called Salema Masakela, who comes, he's, um, he lives in California. He's quite a famous um, sort of sports caster. Um, and he's, he's black. And he was talking about, you know, the, the kind of race issue within surfing of how many black surfers do you see and, and all this stuff. And there's so many organizations now like trying to, but it's because the big brands and things like that, you, you have this typical idea in your brain of what a surfer looks like. And they've got beautiful blonde hair and they're, you know, tall and skinny and, and tanned, you know, and it's, and it, that, that, to be honest, that's the same with, with windsurfing, probably with, you know, with, or sailing perhaps has a slightly different uh, look to it, but generally all these water sports have that, that exact look to them. Yeah. Yeah. And it, so the, the whole, for me, uh, the gender thing is, is something that I'm really keen to address because like the brand is called Golden Boy. There's, there's wordplay in there. So it, it's a, a boy that floats on the water. Yeah, yeah. But uh, when I came up with that pun and was like, right, this is my business idea, people were like, uh, but it's got the word boy in it. You're not going to get confused uh, as whether it's a, a male or a female brand. Um, so that's something I've been really keen to address. However, with lockdown, uh, getting access to photo shoots and, and getting people out and about to get photos was so difficult because for a long period of time, we weren't allowed to. And then when I was, I had a, a photo shoot, a two day photo shoot down in, in Weymouth. First day was with a, a local female and the second day was with a, a local male. First day absolutely pissed it down. We, <laughs> we went through the whole photo shoot and I've just got loads of pictures of this girl dripping wet in, in, in my t-shirts. Uh, but I couldn't use them. And then the second day was lovely weather. So I had all these photos of a guy wearing my tops and yeah. I did it on the website for a bit, but I started getting messages, not, not angry messages, but just questions saying, are these unisex t-shirts or are you just a, a male only brand? So I, I quickly reverted back to sort of the, the flat lay of a t-shirt with no one wearing it. Uh, and my, my biggest focus now is just to, to get as diverse a collection of imagery of people wearing my t-shirts, no matter what, gender size color they are um and, and sort of trying to use that to communicate because it's it, it, i remember at christmas there was uh, we we were featured in surf girl mag as like a christmas gift guide product and around that sort of time there was a lot of criticism towards a big brand that had like a men's clothing part of the section which was just men wearing their t-shirts and then the women's uh, part of the section uh, website was just women in bikinis and like <laughs> yeah and it was just so like so like a contrast of how they treated men and women. Um, for me, the unisex thing, the Golden Boys unisex brands, that was actually born out of uh, simplicity, just having a single T-shirt cut and design. Uh, I don't need to have stock of female or male cuts. Yeah. But it's kind of, it's quite, it's quite a big topic at the moment that is gender something that you should be focusing on? Should there be a female cut? Should there be a male cut or something? Can't we all just have a t-shirt which is what what i've gone for for the past year mainly for the ease of, of stock management but also because it appeals to, to everyone and, and anyone can buy that t-shirt and wear it uh, and i've had people saying are you going to stock female uh, clothing and it's something that if there's a demand for it definitely i'll consider it but it's, it's not top of my list it's not been my focus I, i'm quite happy being a unisex brand and i just want to work on the content and the and the way that I promote that to, to get more females wearing the, the clothes, really. Yeah, it's it's such a yeah, it's such difficult waters to navigate. I can only imagine because you, like like we've just been saying, like you just fully you're fully opening yourself up, and and nowadays everyone has a voice, and there's so many 
it's basically I I I guess you just got to realize that you're just never going to you're never going to please everybody and I think I think staying true to your vision as well is super super important like I'm I very much I'm really sorry, Paul. I feel like all I'm doing is comparing it to my podcast, but I'm, I'm, genu- <laughs> I'm genuinely just comparing my own my own experiences with it. But I, I, I genuinely think staying true to yourself is is really important and going, no, this is this is my vision. This is what I want to do. And yeah, OK, I'm really sorry. Some people might get upset because I don't have a crop top, but actually that's not what I want to do right now. And ultimately, this is my company and the buck stops with me. But yeah. I've been the same with with the podcast. Like I. I know the kind of content that I could put out and I would have many more followers on Instagram if I did it. I know it. And it's, it's something I'm going to start talking about soon as well. But if I put up a picture of myself after I've just cried saying men cry too, and all this stuff, I know it'll get hundreds of likes and I'll get more followers because of it, but that's not what I want to do. And I, for my own reasons, I completely disagree with content like that. You know, I, and I don't understand it. And I guess it's the same for you with a clothing company. And and I, I, you, it, it's really difficult. It's really difficult with, you know, with social media and things and, and with everything happening at the moment, every, every issue you've got to be on the, on a fence for, haven't you? You know, whether it's uh, race, gender, and by the way, this is not me being like you, sh- there, there is definitely one side of these issues that you should be standing on just for me to say, um, <laughs> but, but it's difficult maybe I'm digging myself away, but it's difficult to, it's difficult to stand up and care about every single one when you're trying to create a clothing line or run a business. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's really, um, um, whilst keeping your vision of this is what I want it to be. I think there should be a certain level of like, yeah, you, you should be representing people of different ethnic backgrounds and you should have a, a range for, for women. Of course, I'm, of course, I'm not disagreeing with that. You definitely should. But at the same time, it shouldn't, that shouldn't sacrifice what you're trying to do with your own business that you've built yourself, that you have complete free reign over and that's what you should be allowed, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I, and I agree with all the reasons behind the arguments like for, for not having the female cuts of things. And yeah, it's, it's just trying to come from, from the right direction and with the right reasons, but not saying the wrong thing and getting called out for it. When yeah. like, If I was going right, yeah, absolutely going to do bikinis and like and sexualize all the images and go yeah as, as a as a white straight male running this business absolutely love that I, that's all I want to see it's kind of I am thinking about it and I'm trying to do it properly um so yeah it, trying not to get called out about something when when the thought process is behind the decisions and stuff it, yeah it's it's very tricky to tread yeah yeah and again from your side of it you know if you created a golden boy bikini and you you know sexualized it and fired a load of pictures of that up on your instagram you know exactly what would happen as well you know oh, yeah. Well, like, yeah. yeah yeah it's 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 yeah it's it's really yeah it's been a it's been a quite a fascinating journey for 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 me with with the podcast and i can only imagine for you purely because you just got to try and na- navigate the waters but i i genuinely think staying true to yourself is one of the most important things and unfortunately i think that's where a lot of people that's the hurdle that a lot of people fall on is they go, right, okay, well, I better compromise just in case I piss someone off. But usually I've found if you're actually just being honest and being like, look, this is this is what I want to do with this. And you stay true to yourself as long as you're not being a prick. You know, Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And, I don't, I don't think know. me saying it's a stock thing. It's a lot easier to have unisex T-shirts and it's just <laughs> everyone. You hopefully can't get crucified for that. Absolutely not. Yeah, it, it, exactly. You know, it, um, yeah. I, I don't I don't see how anyone can can sort of start to uh, 
to have a little bit of a, a go about that. So, uh, I mean, you know, before we before we finish up, um, what are what are your sort of plans for for, for Golden Boy moving forward? You've said you said you want to turn it turn it into a full time job. I mean, is this do you, do you feel like you found your you found your calling? Do you feel like you're like this is this is what I want to do? This is it. You know? Yeah, I found day jobs so difficult since starting Golden Boy because I, I know, bet, yeah, I know that like I can I can work till midnight on this sort of doing all sorts. And I don't I don't really care about that time. I'm just enjoying every moment, even if it is just packing, packing t-shirts into boxes and stuff. Uh, like the, the new boxes I got made for for packaging was meant to save me time from hand stamping a logo on every single paper bag. But now I found that I'm it's like I'm working at pizza. It takes so long. I get paper cuts all over my hands and all sorts, but but I still love it, and I'm really happy with the packaging, and it looks great. So um, I don't mind that. But yeah, it, it, I I do to use your phrase. I think I found my calling. This is what I want to do. And in those moments, when I was out doing shoots last year, and I, I'm I'm off to Cornwall actually tomorrow for a, a day shoot, and I'm down in Weymouth on Monday for another shoot, and got more events coming up that I'm going along to make content with. Just standing on the shoreline or swimming through the sea with a camera in my hand and I'm like this is great like I, I'm not getting paid for it at that time but if I can get paid for this in the future and go right tomorrow I'm going to go do a shoot with this sailor or go see the surfer that's the absolute dream um so yeah it, it, I'm it's not, very- yeah it's not just about getting paid though is it you you're I think, yeah, a lot of, and again, this is not me being naive and being like, no, you don't need money. You do need money to live, but it's not, I don't think it's everything. I think taking pride in your work and sitting there and realizing that you've, you've built this, or even if you haven't built it, but just being proud of something, um, I think is so valuable in, in life as well. And unfortunately, I think it's something that a lot of us never find. That's why, you know, maybe calling it your calling is a bit lame, but at the same time, it's true. It, It is true, isn't it? And a lot of people don't find that. And that's yeah. why that's why I find that's why I wanted to ask you because it is one of those things. I can't imagine doing anything else. Like I would be, I think I would be disappointed in another job if yeah. if this if this fails and I go right, I can't afford to do this anymore. The money's not working, and I had to go and just fully be in another job. I, I do feel I would be disappointed. So that that's that's the sort of urgency for me to make it a success. Yeah. And it could take a year, it could take five years. As long as it's still self-supporting as it is at the moment, then I, I'm happy for them for the meantime. But yeah, for, and, and my comment about being paid for it, as long as I can survive, I'm happy. If yeah, yeah. if I the bills are paid and I'm floating around in the water with a camera in my hands, more than happy. Yeah. I, don't, I don't need to be earning millions. Um, it's it's just a living, isn't it? So yeah. we don't need much more that we yeah. I've said it many times. We really don't need as much as we think we do uh, to, to live and, and ha- well, have a good time. More importantly, we don't need as much as we think we do to have a good time. Um, yeah. And then finally, fin- well, not finally, because I'll ask you my quick fire questions in a minute. But I don't really ask anyone this. But actually, this this conversation, I feel like it needs it. What would you what would you uh, what tips would you give to, to anyone um, listening that kind of has perhaps whether it's a, a clothing company or idea, but some sort of business idea that they want to that they want to do perhaps they're worried about it what was what 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 perhaps tips did you hear that made you be like right i'm gonna i'm gonna do this or what have you learned for me it was looking at the whole process and the financials because you as we said earlier you think a t-shirt selling at 24 quid you must be making loads of money off that but it was looking into uh, stepping back and looking at uh, how much does it cost to, to run a website so you've got the hosting you've got all that sort of stuff um, how much does uh, packaging cost for posting? 
because when you Google like uh, postal packaging, you get the plastic bags coming up and they're like 10p each and you think absolute quids in. And then you think, how do I do this properly with paper or whatever? And it's a lot more expensive. Um, so yeah, looking at that whole process and what you need in place to make it success, uh, or not, su not success, just for it to function, for an order to come through, for you to pack it, for you to get to the post office and for that person to be able to talk to you afterwards. So yeah, don't just focus on the sexy bit, the t-shirt. Yeah. every aspect of, of the journey and just look at what other people are doing in that space so i, I purchased t-shirts from other small companies um just to see what the process was like for them how their website worked what email notifications you get as a response uh, how it arrives in the packaging uh, and what what they do to engage you afterwards if there's any sort of follow-up um and there'll be things that you think great I like that idea, maybe I'll introduce that to me, or you'll see other things, yeah, I don't need to do that, I don't know why they're doing it, I'll actively avoid doing that. Things like clothing tags, the, the little pieces of paper with the brand logo attached to the plastic tag to the neck of a t-shirt when you buy yeah. it. It costs money and people just snip it and throw it in the bin. So <laughs> I've, I've never understood why a company would do that. It seems like an unnecessary cost. So I've never I've never included those sort of things. Um, yeah. yeah, just, just I, I, I think the reason I've, I've managed to to start from day one with the website and everything functioning quite well is that I've been an e-commerce shopper. I've been shopping online for years. I've, I've not really been one to go into shops in the high street. I've been purchasing online for as long as I can really remember. So I kind of know what I like as a customer and what websites I try and avoid because they, they don't work quite as well. So um, I think yeah, if you know your subject and you, and you know your audience and, and your companies, um, then you'll be able to have the passion to, to make it work. Yeah. I think what you just said there at the end as well is, is one of the most important things is actually recognizing that you do have a passion for it. Cause I think if you don't have a passion for it, it's never going to work in the first place. Like you've got to, you've got to realize, right. I, I really love doing this. So I'm willing to stay up till midnight packing t-shirt orders. I'm willing to do this, you know, rather than just being able to sit on the sofa after finishing work, you know? Exactly, yeah. And the passion is very much alive. So I'm happy. <laughs> That's what we like. Well, I can, I can say it, man. I'm wearing one of the t-shirts right now. They are bloody lovely. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, wrapping up then, I've got the kind of quick fire questions that I always ask everyone. Um, obviously, we've been stuck at home a lot over the last year. We've perhaps not been able to go to the places that we like the most. Um, if you click your fingers right now, where are you? Where is your, where's your happy place? Uh, I would say on a beach somewhere because it's been so long since I've been able to get somewhere warm. So yeah, somewhere abroad on the beach, somewhere yeah. warm where I can get in the water and just enjoy it. Nice. Yeah, I think that's I think that's probably going through all of our heads at the moment, yeah. isn't it? Um, yeah, definitely. But not not a, not a beach holiday where you're sunbathing on a, a lounger. It's an activity holiday. Yeah, yeah. You want to be you want to be doing. So what 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 activity is it then? Obviously, you said uh, water sports. This is an extracurricular question, by the way. Um, obviously, you know, you said you, you do a lot of water sports. What what is your what is your chosen sport? Are you a, are you a windsurfer, a sailor? You know, what what what's your main one that you enjoy? The one that I've done the most over the last year is paddleboarding. Right. And it's a sport that didn't really exist when I was back in an instructor doing water sports. I, I think it was just, it must have been around for a few years whilst at that point. But in terms of uh, being a well-known sport, it didn't really exist. And I and I remember seeing people doing it. And I was like, they're just on a windsurfboard with a canoe paddle. Like, <laughs> what are they doing? This is, this doesn't really look good. But having done it in the past few years, it's such a great way to get out on the water. We've got a river near us. Uh, the 
Canoeing England or whatever the, the governing body for Canoeing England is, has bought like a little patch of land and you can pay 15 quid a year to launch from there. So most right. weekends I, I go down there with the paddleboard and it's just really accessible. Um, but then to answer what sport I do want to do, I bought myself a wing, you know, wing, wing surfing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got a wing. I haven't got a wing board. I've got this up, but I don't know if it worked that well on that. So I, I really want to have the the time and the, the space to be able to, to give that a go and learn how to do wing surfing. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. You need a foil as well and stuff, don't you? Yeah, that's, I've never foiled before because, again, oh, cool. that didn't really exist back in my day. Yeah, yeah. And I remember seeing, like, pictures of people flying. I was like, what? what's going on here? And then, yeah, it's just a crazy, crazy world now. Yeah, wing foiling is really fun. It is fun. I do, yeah. I've not, I've not got a setup, but I've done it a couple of times. I, I, did, I did really enjoy it. It's pretty, it's really chilled out. That's why it's nice. Like when you're up on a foil, it's not like windsurfing where you hear the chatter of the water. Yeah. It's completely silent. You're kind yeah. of just cruising. You're like, oh, this is, yeah, it's really, it's quite an odd feeling. Um, but it's good. Um, another passion of mine uh, is like movies and TV, things like that. Obviously, we've had an awful lot of time to not do much else. Uh, than watch stuff over the last year what is your uh what's your netflix recommendations what have you been watching over the last year what got you through lockdowns uh so we actually just watched line of duty all series because because of the hype around that final episode that i know it's not netflix but bbc i play yeah anything yeah, yeah, yeah we we uh watched all six series in about two weeks uh, and we're hooked and quite disappointed that's over um relevant to what's happened this weekend but and this won't be relevant for all podcast listeners moving forward, but the Eurovision film with Will Ferrell. Oh yeah. I mean, I've watched that about five times over the last year. So that's, that's a very good film to watch. If you want a bit of laugh. Uh, and one I watched just last night, uh, Army of the Dead on Netflix. Oh mate, that, I watched that the other day. Oh, that was sick. I was really impressed. It's such a good premise that Vegas becomes a zombie wasteland and is about to get nuked. So people need to go in and get some money out. It's such a good plot. Yeah, I yeah, I really liked. I watched Army of the Dead on Sunday. It was yeah, it was. I mean, I'm I'm a huge. I yeah, I sit I I sit very much in Zack Snyder's camp. I love Zack Snyder, so I yeah. I like all his movies. But yeah, Army of the Dead was cool. I really liked it. And then me and my girlfriend were, are, are thinking of watching all of Line of Duty. So now you've said that, that's that's maybe yeah, because we've never seen any of it. So yeah, maybe it's a. Uh... I'd say first and second series don't get put off by the zooms that they keep doing. Like every every now and then, the camera will just like zoom into someone's face. <laughs> Right. filming they either got sacked or they changed their attempts after series three onwards so don't oh, get caught. Cool. oh nice no no yeah so many people told me i need to watch it so i will i will uh, <laughs> definitely check that out yes um, well paul uh thank you so much for coming on as i said it's just i'm just i'm just always really interested to chat to people that like have are kind of doing things and have decided to maybe that sounds really vague but like just just, you know, doing going going out and doing doing things and things like a clothing company. It's it's so interesting, especially one that is actually working and has become a success. So many, as you said, so many people have done it. They put out a T-shirt and some stickers and that's kind of all it goes to. So um, really interesting. And I hope everyone listening um, has has got something out of it, whether you're thinking of starting a company or or, or just a bit of advice for what you're perhaps doing at the moment. Um, I think we can definitely take something valuable from what Paul has said. Uh, Paul, where can where can people find more information about you, Golden Boy, um, on, on social media and everything? So we're on Instagram at Golden Boy Clothing, and Boy is spelled B-U-O-Y. Uh, it, it's very annoying having something you have to spell phonetically when you when you say it out loud. But yeah, Golden Boy Clothing, and the website is goldenboy.com. Great, yeah, and. 
Perfect. Well, yeah, make sure you go and uh, check it out, guys. As I said, I got sent a few T-shirts uh, very kindly from Paul a couple of weeks ago, uh, and they are very nice. I actually recommend, I think my favourite one is just the the normal, the plain one with the uh, just the little boy logo on it. Um, and the, the 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 one that yeah the and then it just says golden boy on the back uh, that's i think that's my favorite one but yeah uh go and go and check out the range guys uh, and support the cause um you can also uh, follow me on instagram at the after hours lounge uh, and if you go to the link in my bio there you can also donate to the podcast you can buy me a beer if you want as i said uh actually i don't don't really drink at the moment but it's still all this talking is still very thirsty work uh, so any donations are very much appreciated. I've got a membership scheme now as well. So you can support the podcast for two pounds a month um, if you want to, if you like what I'm doing um, and, and things like that. But if not, just give me a follow and share all my stuff. Um, that would very much appreciate. But yeah, once again, Paul, thank you so much for coming on. I uh, hope you guys have enjoyed listening uh, and we will see you for the next one. <laughs>